welcome everybody to episode 206 of scene three. Uh, those of you keen of listening will realize that uh, this week we were going to do 90s courtroom dramas, but instead... We put that pause button on. Yeah, we're going to do that another time because life got in the way of the 90s courtroom dramas. Just like Jurassic Park. We had to refuel the time machine. We couldn't get it to go that far back in time, so... Yeah, we're doing our best to hover more around contemporary times. Yeah, so um, so we've got something different for you tonight, and that of of course the vo- the sultry voice of my good co-host Shane uh, over in the corner there. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, I, I let him out of his cage for for tonight, and uh, we're going to be doing movies that aimed to reboot a franchise. Some of them were successful, some of them weren't. I feel like our titles are getting a little bit longer and longer. <laughs> I blame you for that. Yeah, it's, me. Getting, it's definitely me. I take full responsibility. They're getting far too elaborate. Movies that did something but could have been this that became something that was that. I actually gave up on last episode's <laughs> title. I just turned yeah, it into... Yeah, I don't even know what yeah. it was in the end. Uh, no, this was, a good, this was a good topic. I liked it um, because it's pretty popular, and I guess now as well, more so now than ever, right? Like, we're just rebooting everything We're rebooting, now. we're remaking. God forbid an original movie comes out. We're rebooting reboots now. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Like we're, um, and if it's not a superhero film, it's it's a reboot. It's a rebooted superhero film? Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank God we've still got like the action genre, which is kind of pumping out. I mean, I, it's hard to say original I mean, action. Yeah, you know, there's I think, only really like two formulas in an action film. I heard they were going to reboot Expendables. Because, you know, that's a few, <laughs> a few years old now, so it needs a reboot. Well, yeah, I mean, that list that Ewan had on a couple of episodes oh, back, that was insane. It was disturbing. It was insane. Yeah. Um, no, we, we decided to go with uh, three movies that uh, that aimed to reboot a franchise, and they were all around the same time period as well, I noticed. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and Dread mm-hmm. were the three movies that we looked at. I think two of those were probably reasonably successful. I don't know how yeah. successful Dread was as a... As a film? Yeah, I don't know. We uh, probably it kind of came and went as far as I was Yeah, we'll get concerned. into it. I mean, I, I guess we should talk about the theme. We like to discuss the theme a little bit before we dive into mm. the movies. Um, I mean, I guess we see the mass appeal in if I'm a big studio, if I can reboot a franchise and get four or five movies out of it and yeah. maybe a spin-off and some merchandise and stuff, like it's a big thing to have under your belt now, you know. Yeah. And people are like um, <clears throat> familiar things as well. So it's, I yeah. think it's easier to get someone off the couch for something that's familiar. Yeah, it's it's the safer bet, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also quite a gamble mm, yeah. um, because how do you approach that? You it know, could blow up in your face. Yeah, we talked about remakes, and you know, we talked yeah. about things like the RoboCop remake. You know, that's like waiting thirty years and, and remaking yeah. it. And um, you know, I guess it's so hard to strike that balance. I, I was trying to really rack my brain about ones that did it really well that re sort of rebooted a franchise or gave it a new life. You know, I think the most successful ones, probably the Batman ones with Nolan, you know, that yep. Batman begins was this like, <gasps> like this is a superhero movie. And, and th- I mean, they got away with recasting somebody and not, not saying a single word about it. Yeah. Cause like, you know, usually like, yeah, nerds would be up in arms about what the fuck. We're just going to replace her yeah. and not worry about it. Yeah. Poor Katie Holmes. Yeah. I'd, didn't think she was bad in the first Batman. No, movies. I think it was probably just a case of she wanted more. I mean, Marvel did it as well. Don't forget with Iron Man. Did they? Yeah. With what? Um, with the, what's his name? Was the first War Machine, and then um, <gasps> I can't the names of any of the actors in the movie. God, they did too, blank. didn't they? Because yeah, he had nods to him at this. I remember it laughing really hard in the cinema. No one else did. 
in the second one when he's walking into the courtroom. Yeah. And he goes, oh, hey, Rody, what are you doing? He's, I'm here. It's fine. Just let it go. Like, and it was just kind of like a nod to the, yeah. change the character <laughs> as an actor. Everybody can move on now. Yeah. Yeah. And that was two really good actors whose names I'm drawing a horrible blank on right at the moment. Well, I Don Cheadle. Like Don Cheadle was yes. the replacement of Terrence Howard. Yeah, Terrence Howard. Other way around, wasn't it? No, Terrence Howard was because he wanted more money because he like he got pretty pretty low. Oh. Well, I say low pay, probably a couple million bucks in the first one. I usually pride myself on a good memory, but I'm way off the mark. Don Cheadle was so much better as War Machine, and then in I Civil like War and stuff, he was yeah. so good in Civil War. I hope he gets a really big part in Infinity War because he's he's really good. Um, but yeah, rebooting franchise, yeah, good chance to make money, lots of money. Um, you know, and they do it off books all the time. Harry Potter's, yep. your Hunger Games. Yeah, it's. I guess it's all about building that I mean now they you know they make a movie and an actor signs like a five picture deal just in case you know yeah, what I mean yeah and some of the ones we're looking at you know the Spider-Man reboot obviously they were trying to you know Sony's under contractual obligation to make those movies after if they don't the reverts right back to Marvel yeah so they kind of thought they'd reboot Spider-Man um, Super um, Spider-Man after the success of all those Marvel films Rise of the Planet of the Apes I guess was just a reboot of the old Planet of the Apes series that you know hadn't been around for 40 odd years yep and then Dread was, I think, you know, they were trying to reboot a, a franchise from a comic book into a, um, you know, a whole sort of big thing. And I mean, they did that movie with Sylvester Stallone in yeah. Judge Dread, slightly Judge different Dredd. title, same story, basically. And that kind of worked, but not really. Like, that was not very enough, 90s, though, Judge yeah, Dread, yeah. <laughs> not enough to make it, um, a, make a franchise. Out nah, of it, so. nah, this one I think they'd hope to, but yeah. It fell down flat. So, yeah, I reckon we should dive into the first one. Yeah. We'll start off with uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2012. The Amazing Spider-Man. Spider which was a reboot, obviously. The original trilogy we had, the Sam Raimi trilogy, was um, back in 2002, and then they did the sequel in 2004, and then the third one in 2007, which we've, I think, mentioned on the show before. Is which you love. The, the third one, I, I just think it's the best movie ever made. No, the third one, I watched it recently again, and it's, yeah, it's, it's terrible. You like the first two, though. The second the, one, I think, Toby is still Maguire's. the best superhero movie I, yeah. to date. I think it has everything I want in a superhero movie. I like Tobey Maguire. And I, I like Tom Lunatic. I liked so. Andrew Garfield as well, though, in yeah. this. I think he's great. Yeah. The tagline, The Untold Story Begins, I think is a bit ironic because I think everyone was, by this stage, was like another Origins movie. Yeah. It's like, is it really The Untold yeah. Story? I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. we've, we've had a couple of goes at telling this story. Yeah, great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Uh, directed by Mark Webb, 500 Days of Summer. Um, he did the amazing Spider-Man movie. He's got a couple of movies that have just come out, actually. One's called Gifted, which is really good with Chris Evans. Uh, and there's a movie coming up, I've only seen the trailer for, uh, The Only Living Boy in New York, which looks really good too. Hmm. But yeah, he hadn't done much. He came to a couple of episodes of The Office and blah, blah, blah. Writers, as always on these films, you have like three writers. Um, At least. So you've got James Fun. Vanderbilt, Welcome to the Jungle, The Losers, White House Down, Independence Day 2, and he's doing Meg, which is a movie I'm waiting for. Elvin Sargent was actually the writer on Spider-Man 2 and 3 um, and also the famous movie A Star Is Born. Um, and Steve Close, who did Wonder Boys and all of the Harry Potter films. All of them? He wrote on all of them. Wow. Yeah. So he's got plenty of cash then. <laughs> he's cashed up. He's got lots of cash. Two hours and 16 minutes. It's a beast. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it doesn't have to be, but it is. Um, $230 million budget. That's not bad for a – we're taking a second run at what was, I guess, almost – I mean, it didn't – I wouldn't say failed franchise, but it, no, it didn't well, go – it didn't I'm, It didn't bow out gracefully, I guess. I'm sure it made Sony plenty of money. Yeah. Well, you've got um, Andrew Garfield 
playing Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, uh, Emma Stone, Gwen Stacy, Reese's fans as Dr. Kirk Connors, Dennis Leary as Captain Stacy, Martin Sheen and Sally Field as uh, Aunt May and Uncle I love Ben. Them as- They're a great casting yeah. as Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good cast. Mm. It's a really good cast. And you've got a decent director at the helm there, some established writers who have written some good movies. Um, apparently it was originally conceived to be a fourth, the fourth film. Okay. So they were going to continue on. They would talk Sam Raimi and all that. We're getting like $30 million offers like Trevor right. Maguire, yep. Kirsten Dunst. Uh, they'd gone to the extent of they'd cast John Malkovich as the Vulture. Oh, nice. Yeah, and Hathaway as Black Cat and Dylan Baker, who's in the Spider-Man 2, as, as the Lizard. That would have been awesome. But the movie fell through because it was like development costs and, and, and they everyone, ended up- And everyone realised Tobey Maguire was a horrible Spider-Man. They poured $100 million into developing it and never made into it. Into a failed movie. Wow. $100 million bucks. That's according to the IMDb trivia. Of course. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it seemed, I do remember there being a lot of talk about a fourth one, and they, they yeah. brought Ramy on board. But yeah, unfortunately, I guess that happens all the time with big movies like this. You yeah. waste six months of your life developing something that that just never happens. That never happens. Yeah. But John Malkovich is the vulture. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Just like instant erection. That was <laughs> that amazing. I'm like, what a piece of casting. Um, although in the new one, Michael Keaton, shout out, massive, does a great job, fantastic. He's bringing back Batman, is he? Yeah, well, he's doing superheroes. That's sort of <laughs> resurrecting his career, isn't it? Birdman and now this, and yeah. Um, I just noted down the the Amazing Spider-Man, the first one on a budget of two hundred thirty million, made seven hundred fifty-seven million worldwide. Bad return on investment. Like uh, oh, to, to triple your money. What it could potentially terrible? be. Well, you didn't technically, because think what the marketing budget on something like that would wow, be. Okay. It's probably one hundred and fifty, two hundred million bucks into marketing. Yeah. But you got all the toys and stuff, and yeah. But yeah, and then the second one only made seven hundred eight. So oh, what a flop! Well, I think in Hollywood, well, the budget was bigger too. I think it was three hundred and thirty oh, or something. What a so flop! They all like when you're talking about eight, nearly you know three quarters of a billion dollars. You probably don't want to just break even. No, it seems like a bit of a futile you know, exercise <laughs> in money spending. Well, I'll tell you when I when next time I invest nearly a. A billion dollars in something. I'll let you know how disappointed but I am. I think, and that second movie is, yeah, you know, we're talking about the first movie. The second movie is a cluster of problems. Like it's, <laughs> it's the worst of all the Spider-Man movies, and I feel really bad for like everyone involved in it because it's a great cast. Like Andrew Garfield is a good Spider-Man. And, you know, I like having Gwen Stacy in there. They completely. I remember they completely rewrote out. Um, Mary Jane in that because that other actress Shailene Woodley or something played her but and yeah poor um, what's his name Jamie Foxx like that electro performance is just the worst thing (laughs) he must have ever done ever in his career so yeah that's I guess the second movie because the first movie was quite well received I believe critically but the second movie got really panned and I think that's what killed this franchise I think there there was quite a lot of buzz around this movie when it came out because it's you know it's gonna it's Marvel they're gonna do it properly yeah. and well it wasn't it's still Sony they still own the oh sorry you talking about the new one yeah yeah oh sorry no the, this one the Amazing Spider Man yeah it's, it's still Sony right so the I think the idea there is that they rushed it so that because you got to make usually in these contracts it's like if you don't produce something in every five years the the rights revert back to the original but, but I'm not going crazy though there was there was more buzz about this being. Like a a new Spider-Man. Yeah, well, they were, the then. way they were selling it was like it's an older, edgier. Yeah, but it's not really. It's the my know. my issue with it is that my Spider-Man has always been based off the animated series, like the original animated series, which yeah. is Mary Jane Watson. 
Yeah. And she's not in it. So that story doesn't rely, I don't relate to that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, I don't, and I also didn't understand why he'd cast a natural redhead in a role to play a blonde. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and then vice versa. Why wouldn't you just have her as Mary Jane Watson and keep that character? So. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in the comic books, Gwen Stacy comes before Mary Jane. Because she dies like very similar to how she dies in the, but, but not in my animated cartoon no, not childhood, your, not in your individual no. experience. No. So, because I again, I have to repeat to everyone, I'm not a comic book nerd. No, so well, that I that's why I don't get so passionate about superhero movies because yeah. I, I don't, there's nothing there to ruin it for me because I don't have a history coming into it. Except yeah, my well, history I mean, this time was Mary Jane Watson, not Gwen Stacy. I, I didn't I'll, know who the character was. I think comic book, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that's the inherent problem we talk about with comic book movies is you're talking about movies that are symbolisms of, like symbolisms, symbols of good and bad and, uh, you know, everyone wants the goods to win or you're like an, an interesting bad guy. And um, I guess the problem is that you, everyone, like, you know, what I see in Batman is probably what you would see differently. You know, mm. I'd see Batman as a different type of character. And, yeah. You know, that's beautiful. We're all different and we all have different thoughts and la, 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 la. Uh, but yeah, with superhero movies, I think when you make one, you run that risk of like these. There's a lot of baggage coming with it. And why is there so many like offshoots of superhero? Like in comic book world, it seems like there's 15 different series of superhero of the same superhero. Oh yeah, well that's on. in comic books. It's a nightmare because they reset timelines and they, yeah. they play off in other tangents and rah, rah. so to take that into a movie world and then go, all right, we're going to make a movie about this particular offshoot of this main story on this. Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, I always, Craziness. I always think it was when they made that Superman Returns movie and it got a bit of a flopping when it had that Brandon Ralph. Yeah. That, that was terrible. It was weird. It was like Superman's a deadbeat dad who's been away for like five years and he comes back and he's got a son. You're like, what the fuck is this? But, it, you know, interesting enough. But they, you know, that's a classic example. I think in an interview, you know, someone was slaying him, you know, because, oh, you know, you've changed the character. And he's like, yeah, but you can't quote the comic books because like there was a, you know, there was a comic book where Superman was exposed to pink kryptonite and it made him gay. Like, if you wanted to follow, if you were true heritage, like all of these comic books have these terrible, weird things that were so done in the sixties and seventies. So you can't, you can never say, "Oh, that's not what it's supposed to be." I mean, you know, there's big overall arc. Spider Man. I think the thing the mass appeal about Spider Man is that he's a he's a he's a little normal average bloke, and yeah. he does these amazing things, and he doesn't get a lot of money, and he doesn't get the women, he doesn't get any of the fame because he has to hide who he is. And yeah, I think that's what appeals to every you know little boy or girl that wants to be a hero. But this movie, I think my problem with this movie is it, it it commits the cardinal sin. Everything has to tie into the central character. Mm. I hate that in movies. Everything doesn't have to tie. I'm not an idiot. Your audience aren't idiots. They can piece. Coincidences can happen. But, you know, in this it's like, oh, his parents would on a plane and did they get murdered? Did they find out too much? Yeah. Not just his parents died in a tragic accident. It's like, oh, and they're connected to this guy who turns into a giant lizard and yeah. all the dots have to connect together. It's like up in a pretty little road. I don't like that. I don't know yeah. if it's just me. Like I hate it when they feel the need to – it feels like they're dumbing it down for the audience. Um, you know, we have to link this to this. Otherwise, why do we have this in the movie? It's like, well, yeah. every other movie ever made doesn't have that problem. So, And um, pe people will take from it what they want to and, you yeah. know, people miss things in movies all the time. So I don't think you need to spell anything out. No, I don't think so. And – I mean, I guess we didn't really talk about the plot of it, but the plot's the exact same plot as always, you know. Oh, he gets boy, bitten by a radioactive spider. spider. Yeah, he yep. inadvertently kills boy his own uncle. Boy loves girl. Boy yeah. loves girl. 
This is a little bit different, you know, because he has to win over Captain Stacey, played by Dennis Leary, which is hilariously funny. And I guess, you know, he learns a big lesson at the end, you know, rah, rah, rah. But he does he, though? I don't know. I like Garfield as, as Parker because they make him a little bit more nerdish but not, like, you know, stereotypically nerdish. And yeah. The Flash in this is probably my favourite, the bully, the Flash Thompson, the bully. Yeah. Because he's kind of, like, you know, layered as a character. And there's a lot to like about the film, but there's, like, yeah, there's a lot to not like. Yeah. I, I definitely prefer um, Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man than... Uh, you won't even say his name like Voldemort, <laughs> Toby Maguire. <laughs> That's right, <and> Toby Maguire. <laughs> he whose name shall not be spoken. Um, and then he only got two movies out, and they've changed him again. I feel bad for him because he's he's great as Peter Parker, and he's good as Spider Man. Probably dial the cockiness down a little bit, but he does get it well. But like you could see that guy was passionate about that project. Mm. Like, and that's that's a little bit heartbreaking that he, you know, at some point he was basically, you know told these aren't performing their shit, you're out, you know, and then he has to watch Tom Holland jump into the tights and do a wonderful job. And, and that's like watching your girlfriend, like, her new dude, like. Oh, that's a horrible analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Has that happened to you? Is that what I'm talking about? It? So raw? Shut up. Um, uh, and yeah. you, you can probably correct me here, but uh, uh, now that we've gone to, um, like, Civil War um, Spider-Man, is yeah. he like is he effectively the ultimate Spider-Man storyline? Is that where he comes he from? Kind of because he's the Shield enhanced kind of. No, yeah, he's just he's good in Civil War because he was the linchpin. Yeah, because the Civil War storyline centers around all superheroes. There's a horrible accident happens where a bunch of civilians are killed. All these children are killed on a school bus uh, because the, there was a team of superheroes like of nobodies, but they did something and they didn't handle the situation. They weren't trained enough, and it was their fault. And yeah. And Tony Stark falls on the the side of, you know, we should be training. So similar to the movies, you know, yeah. but they don't have the balls to kill children in Marvel movies, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> entire um, busloads of them. Yeah, entire but, busloads yeah. of children, yeah. Um, whereas Steve Rogers argues, you know, hang on, we can't be controlled by the government, otherwise we'll be used as yeah. weapons. And and they yeah. and look, they both have solid arguments, and that's what makes that storyline. If you ever want to read a comic book, The Silver... The Civil, uh, Civil War storyline is one of the best ones because you get every character coming in and fighting. Super, uh, Spider-Man acts as the linchpin in all of that because he is torn between these two men who kind of represent father figures because he never had a father figure. He lost Uncle Ben. Um, and Stark convinces him to, you know, reveal himself as Spider-Man on television and it results in, you know, villains going after his Aunt May and stuff. Everything he thought would happen happens. And, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I guess that's what we're going to see, you know, given what yeah. I've, I've heard from that new trailer and you sort of... Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man, you get a little bit of a nod to the Iron... It's called the Iron Spider, which is what... It's like an improved Iron Man Spider-Man suit. Yeah. He has a couple extra legs like a spider does. and Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Um, sadly, we won't be seeing Andrew Garfield doing that, uh, even though... Poor bastard. He was quite good. The way was, Spider-Man moves good. in the movie is really good. Yep. Like, he's really... Like, he's a real tall, skinny he's, guy. Yeah, he's, yeah. So he kind of flips around, and his movements, like, you can tell he's put a lot of effort into it. Mm. I rate it. I rate his performance. I rate uh, Reese Isafan as the lizard is great, um, even though he kind of becomes a bit of a moustache-twirling villain when he turns the lizard. You know, you can forgive that kind of stuff. Emma Stone's awesome in whatever she does, so yeah, um, you, know, you can't yep. fault her at all. Um, the, the cast is, yeah, the story's fine. It's, I guess it's just the script for me, well, like... But, uh, so I guess it was it was a reasonable commercial success that they, they went on to make a second movie, yeah. which... I would argue it was still a commercial success. So it's kind of a bit, I think he was probably a bit ripped off that they killed it and replaced him with 
Yeah, they went younger, yeah. and so that's where they probably got the ultimate Spider-Man from, that Holland, the yeah. Holland one's drawn from all that. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, he seems like a cool guy as well, and like he obviously was very passionate. And yeah. I think when the first one came out, he went to Comic-Con in the suit and was walking around everywhere getting photos and nobody knew it was him, and like he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, the film. So yeah. aimed to re- reboot a franchise, did it really? Kind of. Half, kind of, Half yeah. a boot? They got to a second film and, it you know. Got a, it got they, a reboot. It made a billion dollars collectively, I guess, you know. If you could have tougher days at the office. But I guess, you know, merchandise and stuff like that, you know, yeah. didn't, didn't quite. In fact, the, I guess the time in which it's it's all taken place has been reasonably rapid as well, so I guess it feels kind of a bit Yeah, harsher. I think that would have tainted it with a lot of general audience as well. Like, yeah. oh, I'm seeing Spider-Man again. Oh, I've got to watch Uncle Ben die again. Not Uncle Ben again. That's probably the other thing I hate about the second one as well is like they go on about Uncle Ben so much. Like he was just, you know, like he, if he hadn't died, Spider-Man wouldn't have been born, which I guess you could argue that. But, yeah, it's just – I liked what they've done with the new one where they've gone Marissa Tomei is the aunt. I think that's fantastic. And they've just – they've by, they bypassed the origin story altogether. Mm. It's like we don't need – like if you ever make another Batman, do not make it an origin story. <laughs> Do not need to see Batman's we, parents get killed yeah, again. We, we know where it. he came it's from. It's happened. I yeah. get it. Thank you. Goodbye. That's it. But, uh, yeah, so, I'd still recommend the first yeah. one. I would. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's definitely, I mean, definitely if you're a comic book fan, um, you know, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. Yeah. I'd, I'd recommend it as well. I, I enjoyed it um, more so than the the original ones that we got out of them. So, yeah, I mean, I'll always have it in my special heart of hearts. There'll always be place for Spider-Man one special, and two. There's a special Spider-Man spot in your heart. Yeah, just below the. What is it? Oh, the, the I can't remember now. I was going to reference Dennis Leary's song "Asshole" just because we had Dennis Leary, but now I've got the cockle, the subcockle of your heart. Sub-cockle, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's right, it. Maybe even in the subcockle, <laughs> we don't know. Uh, that's yeah, Dennis that's, Leary. That's asshole. one for the older listeners yeah, out there. Download that motherfucker. Uh, I shouldn't swear. I swear it again. I said, motherfucker, that's the worst of all the swear words. And you did it again by saying that you swore. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, dear. Balls. Uh, you can be more loud. Now, you, now you've got Tourette's. <laughs> so, yeah, you'd happily recommend that as yeah, well? Yeah, I'd rec- recommend you, t- it. you saw it in cinemas, right? You would have seen it when it first came out? 2012? Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure I saw it in cinemas. I didn't see it. I'm pretty sure I... Um, what, what's that thing we do? Netflixed it. Uh, but... Ah. But but not Netflix. What what did we have in Australia before Netflix? <laughs> I don't know. It was something not, what not there anywhere was before as Netflix. good. Vi- you mean video stores? <laughs> Maybe that was it. Block <laughs> was it Blockbuster? Blockbuster it? Yeah, I might have Blockbuster it. Um, to, that was 2012. Spot uh, Amazing Spider Man. We we go. We don't even need a time machine. This one. Wow. We just got a sidestep. We just sidestep into 2011. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Evolution becomes revolution. Mm. What a tagline. That's not bad. So that's pretty good. Considering I didn't even look up the old ones, they were they were seventies. I think they started. There was a lot of them. There was a lot of them. Um, this is like I think this is a. I, I, first of all, I'm going to say this is a successful reboot. Yes. Because I've just I rewatched this for the show, and then I've rewatched the second one as well. Just because I'm like going to go and see the third one in cinema as soon as I get a free moment. I, I love both these movies straight out of the gate. I'm going to say they're great. And this is a, this is a great example of rebooting something, and you know, a technology lets you make this better. Yep. B, writing is better. Like the, the direction is better. The effects are better. Yeah. Everything about this improves the original without even. I guess it almost even doesn't even taint it. You know, sometimes yeah. when you reboot something, you taint you taint it with your new, 
you know, weird Ghostbuster vibes, right? Yeah. Well, I don't even necessarily think it um, it draws comparison on the original. No, it's almost a diff- the first one in particular is nothing, yeah. you know, because it's all prequels almost. Yeah. Yeah. These films could, all three of these films could still cal- be technically prequels to, you know, the they do reference a lot of the original stuff, Caesar mm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, directed by a, co- a guy called uh, Rupert White. Hadn't really done a lot. He did a movie called The Gambler with um, Marky Wahlberg. Hey, bro, Marky Wahlberg. Sir Wahlberg. He doesn't like being called Marky <laughs> Sir Wahlberg. Bro, like he's in a lot. Of, we reference him a lot. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I just love him so much, bro. Uh, and uh, the, that TV show called The Turn, which is really awesome. Um this was written, this one and the new one was written by a husband and wife writing team. Oh. Rick Jaffer and Amanda Silver. They wrote these and, and the war one and Dawn, the, the, Dawn's the sequel, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the sequel and War is the new one. Yep. Uh, they were at Jurassic Park and they're working on the Avatar films. So it's pretty good, husband and, husband and wife. I'll have to forgive them for the Avatar films. Well, we haven't seen them yet. We've <laughs> seen the one. They're not going to be any good. The one I love about this, Hour 45. Yes. This doesn't need to be a bloated nonsensical, giant special effects bullshit and I, and I guess the part of that is they 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 went into it with a plan to make, is it five? Is that the I the think they were going to, yeah, five? they wanted to get to, yeah, like it was always about we're, re, we're redoing this again. Yeah, yeah, so they could keep it snappy knowing you could always plenty of time. And then, you know, if it goes off, then your last one is that you remake Planet of the Apes and, yeah. it's, you know. Like they hinted this one, I noticed, with the in the background, the television, they talk about a lost... Spaceship, you know, the, the shuttle yeah, gets yeah, lost. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's them. They're oh, coming back. They're tying it in. That was our planet. Uh, and straight up the front, I'm putting Andy Circus for cast because the man gets no credit and it's ridiculous that this isn't a fucking category of the Oscars, that they don't consider it acting, which is nonsense. These guys who do this motion capture stuff, this technology, and especially that latest one, like there have been a bunch of clips going around showing how they layer the effects over the actors' performance. So the actors are present. They're learning how to walk like monkeys. So Andy Serkis played Caesar, obviously, is the main monkey. James Franco, John Lithgow, Brian Cox, and uh, Draco Malfoy, a.k.a. Tom Felton, as the little shit. Um, I just did a little bit of quick trivia on it as well. So Rise, uh, so this was a $93 million budget, I should mention as well. Um, it returned $481 million. Nice. So that's pretty good, and it probably yeah. wouldn't have had a hefty marketing, uh, marketing budget either. Dawn uh, was a similar budget, a little bit bigger, and it brought in $710 million. So yeah. that's a big jump. Uh, War has only been out for four weeks, uh, three weeks, three and a half weeks, and it's already done $278 million. It did $56 million in its opening weekend. So this is a franchise with yeah. legs. Yeah. And what I like about this franchise is they're not rushing them. They're not trying to pump them out super quick. You know, we're getting three over a six-year period. Yeah. That's Which good. Is, that's a good pace. That's yeah. solid. You know, the visual effects involved in this would be probably eight months worth yeah, of work that, anyway. They've already started rendering the next <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, this is probably a great example of a franchise that has worked well. And it, there's no big hoo-ha about it. They don't aggressively market. It's just, yeah. you know, it's quite simple and, yeah, it works for me. But um, I guess the plot for Rise of the Planet of the Apes is set long before the Planet of the Apes story that we all know and love. Um. And we're, yeah, we follow James Franco, who's a scientist. I mean, okay, suspension of disbelief. <laughs> James Franco is a scientist. I can I can allow that. He's actually very good in this. Um, and his dad, John Lithgow, who's one yeah. of my favourite well, actors. I think we both love John Lithgow he's, immensely. He's so good in this, though. So I rewatched it because I hadn't watched it in ages and I rewatched it for this and obviously because I want to see the one. He does that. He plays Parkinson so well. Like, have you ever known someone who's had Parkinson's? He plays it. Really well, like it's Parkinson's his performance is Alzheimer's. So, 
Alzheimer's, sorry. What yeah. do I keep saying, Puckins? Sorry, that's my Alzheimer's kicking in. <laughs> he, he plays it so well. He does, um, the yeah. way, especially how he gets really defensive and aggressive. And you can see, like, how Franco's character is motivated to do what he mm. does. And, and you get you get that gut-wrenching scene where he's um, he's completely forgotten who he is and he jumps in the car. He's like, oh, this is my car. And he goes to drive off and, and he's- um, It's a neighbor's car. Yeah, the neighbor's, like, Dickhead going- Atlantis. Spastic at him, like, absolutely yeah. tearing. And he, yeah. Like he's an old man who's confused, and you go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean that character's painted to be a massive. Novel, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And we know he does um, horribly. But, but the whole point is John Lithgow's performance in that is brilliant in yeah. that scene. Where, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even when he like forgets something, and Franco reminds him, and he's like, "I know," and he gets like real defensive. With yeah. Him, like, man, that's just what it's like. That's exactly yeah, what it's absolutely. like. Absolutely. And he's you know he's a world class actor for that reason. Um, yeah. So Franco's a scientist. They're working on trying to cure that. Obviously, has a personal stake in curing it. Um, uh, they have to put down a monkey, but because the monkey goes apeshit at the start of the film, but we learn that the monkey was only going apeshit because it was she was pregnant. Yep, and that's where Caesar's born. So Caesar is a byproduct of this experimental serum they're using to mm, to make to help this, repair the brain, to help repair brain damage and, and mm. fix things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And, yep. Um, and then so obviously Caesar, as he grows, you know, we get that nice montage. He grows, he be, he becomes more intelligent than your average chimp, chimpanzee or yep. um, ape. Uh, and so, yeah, it's great. And then, obviously, you know, things go a bit south and Caesar gets put in like a home for chimps, I guess. Well, like they a- call it a – it was a primate uh, sanctuary, they call it, and they're just a pack of assholes, aren't they? It's weird. It's like – it's just like this guy and his son – yeah, and they basically opened a sanctuary for apes, and people just started dropping apes off, so they could just start abusing animals. But basically. they've got like fifty of them, which is the yeah. weird thing. Like- well, there, there is a um, there is a line in there. It's, uh, it's about three quarters all the way through as as um, James Franco's character goes back to develop a modified version of the serum because he learns that it it stopped being effective. Yeah, they say something about oh they need five more or something. Um, and they reference the company name. Is it Sidegen oh, right. or yep, something yep, like that? Yeah. Um, they reference, oh, you know, they need more. So it's like they, they're telling people that they're rescuing these apes from so wherever they're they rescuing, but they're selling them off to medical, medical uh, scientific testing, research. So they're yeah. they're a pack of pricks, really. Yeah, I don't yeah. like. I yeah, I don't think you're meant to like these characters, but they're no. assholes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but I guess we the whole. I guess it starts off as Franco's story, and then it kind of goes into being Caesar's story. Yeah, and credit to Andy Circus, like this Caesar monkey is a character, and mm, I care for him. Absolutely, I'm so interested in him. I'm watching him learn what I already know is that humans are assholes. Like yes. he learns it the harsh way, and he still keeps trying to be, you know, sympathetic towards him. And that's the thing I like about these movies is all the way through, and I hope in the last one we should see how it plays out. But in the first and second one. You know, Caesar's all like, don't kill the humans. Like, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to be better than them. You know, yeah. that's what we're going to do. But, yeah, you've got all the great scenes of him. Like, you know, there's a power struggle in the house because there's already a, you know, aggressive monkey that's like the alpha monkey. Mm. The alpha ape, sorry, you can't call them monkeys. And, you know, he has to like, you know, he gets the thing. There's a scene where he gets the bag of cookies and he lets him out of the, he lets the alpha monkey out of the cage and he lets him take the bag of cookies and give the cookies to each of the other ones. And yep. like, it's such a power, like, boss move on <laughs> Caesar's behalf because they're like, oh, okay. Look at this guy go. Yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. And so Caesar obviously gets smarter and quicker and he starts learning about his environment and how he can escape. And uh, unfortunately, John Lithgow's character passes away. And Fra- like, that's a heartbreaking scene where Franco mm. goes to get him and. He bribes the guy to take, you know, to take yeah. Caesar. Yeah, it just crushed you. Yeah, when he reaches out for his hand and then he just grabs he just the gate and closes shuts the it. gate. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit! And Brian Cox is all, guess he likes it here better. And you're mm, like, yeah. you Brian Cox. Turn, turns out, actor. no, he's he's. 
plotted a careful plan to mess you up. Yeah, I think he's now realised that, you know, you know, you put me here, I'm just, a, you know, like you have that whole scene where they're walking through the woods and he's got it's him like, on a leash. Am I a pet? And he gets really upset by the idea because they run into a dog and he thinks, yeah. wait, am I a pet? You know, yeah, and like me, yeah. And I think he says Caesar's like, you know, at that point Caesar has the intelligence of like a seven-year-old child or something, so. Yeah, he, but he refuses to get in the boot of the car. Like he goes and sits in a seat. And, yeah. yeah, and like Andy Serkis's performance is so good. The facial expressions you get from Caesar are so just brutal. You're just like, oh shit, man, you just got burned. Like yeah. you burned that monkey, burned you. Like so that that's brilliant. And then yeah, obviously he uh, he clues out how the gas works and it makes him smarter. So he goes and gets a couple of cylinders from the. That's the creepiest shot in the movie when they're in bed and he's just standing above them. In the middle of the night, he's yeah. broken into the house and yep. he's just looking at them sleep. And then he grabs the canisters from the fridge that uh, Franco was using to test on his father without telling, you know. Which anyone. is what actually killed him. Which is in the end, like, is it what? So is that how you interpret it? That's that, how I interpret it because the um, the guy from the lab who gets exposed to it gets sick. And yeah, he, Tyler he, Levine, he, yeah, yeah. He eventually dies of a viral infection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which, as we know in later movies, is this virus is what fucks up humankind basically yeah, yeah. um but that's um that was the the search for a cure i guess because the original serum had stopped working so he made it more powerful but the they they mentioned that the immune system on the chimpanzees is much more aggressive and yeah able to fight more often than humans could yeah. yeah so that's what i took out of it was that the virus was actually too strong for a human to overcome so it, it actually overcame the human yeah so yeah. in by effect, he actually killed his own father trying to cure his. his I mean, he wipes out mankind effectively. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and then you so Caesar steals the canisters and and lets loose all the gas on the on the monkeys, on the yeah. hundred of them that are in the, and they the all sanctuary. Wake up and they're all like, "Wait a minute, what's I'm going on here? Yeah. I can I can hear the birds. I can talk. I can talk. I can sing. No, <laughs> it's so good. And you, I mean, speaking of classic lines, we get. Uh, Draco Malfoy gets the, you know, get your, what does he say? Get, get your, your damn your dirty paws off, off me. You stinking ape. You stinking ape. And then you, like, I remember the first time I saw this, it was great. When you see Caesar goes, no. You just like, like Felton's reaction is just oh, like, oh shit. That monkey just spoke. <laughs> Holy crap. We are <laughs> like yes, end yes, of the are. world. A monkey just spoke. Uh, it's such a good scene when he says it, and then yeah, later on the guy gets the other worker who's he's basically catatonic in a in, in a, a cell. Thing. Yeah, he's like, he's your, just ape like, uh, your ape spoke. Your ape spoke. And <laughs> like, what? what the hell? At that point, I'd be like, we need to get out of here. Uh, let's go find an island to live. <laughs> let's on. go. Let's go. This is bad. Monkeys are talking and they can speak. Um, and then I guess obviously the whole thing is about you know they go to the lab and let all those monkeys out. Yeah, so they they build their army. They build an army basically. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of goddamn monkeys. They got big, huge silverbacks and orangutans and rah rah rah. So they free them from the uh, the Genesis research lab. Yep. Yeah. and then they free them from the zoo as well. Yeah, that's great. The zoo. Yeah, the big one just comes along and smashes the gate down, and they all just run out. And they all head to the woods in San Francisco Hills, which is you know where they want to be. They just want to be free. But we have a showdown with the police, and yep. the big monkey sacrifices himself. I love that when you you know the how good when he pushes him off. Yes, yeah, in the helicopter. So because so, they they restart so Kobo, I think that one's called. Yeah, because yeah. they restart the trials, and he looks messed up, like he's yeah, been through some stuff. And they say, you know, yeah. oh, he's pretty calm. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's not his first rodeo. Yeah. He knows the drill. And he's like just cold blooded, just pushes that helicopter. Yeah, and so yeah, what are the chances that this helicopter's hanging the legend? The guy that he knows runs the lab. He's been yeah. watching him. He's like, help me, you know, give me your hand. And he just walks over, 
just pushes it off. Kicks it off the edge. Again, I have to like credit the performances of the, the way they walk and move is so perfect for this mm. film. Like, especially Caesar gets a bit more upright as he goes and becomes more sort of human like as he from the start to like the, the hand gestures and the like the body language is yeah. just, yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. And when he's talking to him, he gives him the cookie and he taps his face. It's like, you know, I'm in charge, you know, yeah. and he's like, okay, you know, like he nods and. They've all got the green eyes now, which means they've been affected by the the virus. And mm. yeah, it's uh, got a great ending where they're all just in the woods, and you know, um, you get the the you get Franco sort of yelling out, "Caesar, Caesar. he's come home with me." And I'll like, look after you. He yeah, goes, Caesar is home. <laughs> Franco's like, oh shit. He looks like he's just tripping balls. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> what have I done? Is this monkey talking to me? Yeah, the whole time he's got to be thinking, "What have I done? What have I done?" Uh, yeah, solid film. Really, mm. really good. You the special see, effects are great. You can see why it's it's become a popular franchise because it's a good story. Yeah, it's an interesting story. They're not yeah. just relying on, hey, we've got a big budget, we can do lots of special effects. Yeah, look at effects. all these monkeys. They yeah. actually wrote a story, believe it or not. Yeah, and it's kind of touches it's a, a nerve because, story. Yeah. I mean, humans are pieces of shit and this is yeah. us getting our comeuppance for being pieces of shit. This is like a vegetarian's ultimate dream. You know, yeah. look at humans learning that – you know, we get treated but like animals, like the way we treat animals. Like, you know, we'd hate that if that happened. Mm. And, yeah. yeah I think it's, it's a really good um, display of how, because we're the dominant species on the planet, we think we're, we're, we forget. Be- we're better and smarter than everything yeah. else on the planet and it's just not the case. It's not the case at all. You know, like, we're just, we're, we're, the only reason we're propped up is because of, you know, our technology. You mm. know, you put us in the jungle with a line, we'll lose nine out of ten times. Correct. Only nine out of a hundred times, um, but there'll be one dude who'll you know kill a lion with his bare hands. I did it one time. One time, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I can't believe they kicked you out of that Myers store. You know, wrestling with those teddy bears. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I would say definitely recommend for me. It's um yeah, absolutely. It's a great film if you haven't because you hadn't seen it, had you? I hadn't seen it. No. Yeah. So you, first time, first experience time on watching, it. and I really did you enjoyed watch it, it yourself or with, with Lady and by time? myself. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I might um, I might have to expose Nat to it. Yeah, um, and because you, well, you should watch the next one. The next one's even better. Well, there you go. Like this I, is one of those rare occasions where I think the sequel is better. That's why I'm really excited to see the third one because I'm like, oh, these just keep getting better, and better. Mm. And Woody Harrelson's like a bad guy in the third one. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because I've never I never paid much attention to them, and I think that was probably that's what I mean. They're kind of under the it's an under the yeah. radar franchise, although it's pulling big money. You know, it's never was. I don't remember it ever being heavily promoted. Even the new one came out. You know, mm. like it's there's not a lot of ads for it and stuff. You just got that classic image. It's got a lot of classic imagery, I guess, of the monkeys and the apes. Yeah. Racist. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out the other one. I would. I mean, I'd recommend this. I'd recommend the whole franchise. I'm going to go and see the movie, and hopefully, it's just as good. So it's a um, definitely is a movie that rebooted the franchise. Yeah, it? absolutely. Like I wouldn't be shocked if there's a fourth one. Like yeah. I mean, this one looks like it's on track to do the same kind of money, even better. And their budgets aren't getting really bigger, but they're getting better at the technology, which is yeah. great, fantastic. Well, and, I think that that's um, that's a better indication of true like movie making, isn't it? Where you can do better with the same money as time progresses. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's good. That's, because yeah, rather right, than 100%. just chuck money at a problem, you actually just get better and more efficient at doing yeah. things. And I mean, credit, they're like Andy Serkis is on the promotional tour with Woody Harrelson for the new one because Woody, Woody's a bad guy. And, you know, like they talk about the, and there's a, there's a, there was a video going around, I saw it on Facebook, where they show like there's like 12 layers over the top of, you know, because so he's there in the in the leotard with the the dots on his face so it mem- you know, mimics his movements. Um 
and the performance, the, the behind the scenes and what he learns to do and rah, rah, I mean, it's so perfect. It looks so good. Um, it's all around just, yeah, great. Mm. Great, great, great. So. And you, you don't have a moment watching it where you go, nah, it doesn't look like he's there. Like nah. it, blends, it blends in really well. After a while, you just forget. Yeah. You just forget and he's just a character. And mm. I mean, I guess that's the benefit of mo capture and having that actor physically there. It gives everyone their line of sight. It gives everyone something to interact with. Like, yeah. It, it does a fantastic job. Fantastic job of it. Mm. Um, yeah, recommend for me. Yeah, absolutely. Big tick. Okay. Um, again, we just sidestep back into 2012. Oh, we're just we're doing a little shimmy tonight. Yeah, we're 12 and 11. That's it. I mean, this must have been the year for rebooting franchises. Um, this one's, I guess, a little bit of a stretch. We we chose Dread. Mm. Um, I guess you know from there was the 1995 classic uh, Sylvester Stallone, Judge Dread. Um, and I, I guess I guess from here, like when this was made, there was a lot of talk of like you know we're going to build a sequel around this and rah rah rah. Um, Funnily enough, there's just recently talks came up again with they're doing a TV series based around Mega City One, and Carl Urban has said you know he would happily reprise his role as Judge Jed, like not as a regular character, but as a regular sort of you know guest guest character. Yeah, um, there was meant to be a bunch of sequels, but yeah, they didn't take off because the movie was a bit of a flop financially. Yeah. So I, was, I think I read somewhere it was really only um, like a success in the UK. Yeah, and so I think it was kind of. I think of, it had flat. a budget of thirty-five million dollars, and it, it it it's currently sits at thirty-five worldwide. Like it just broke even. Yeah. But yeah, like not not a lot of it was domestic. When I say domestic, the US, US, you know, like, yeah. Um, but the film was shot in South Africa, and it was funded through them and stuff like that. So it wasn't a classic studio film, and. You know, sometimes that can hurt a film as well, I guess, if you yeah. don't, if you're not operating within a studio system. Uh, tagline, Judgment is Coming. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, directed by a guy called Pete Travis, UK director. Did Vantage Point and Endgame. Uh, a lot of the Bill episodes, I noticed. Uh, written by a guy called Alex Garland, who's done 28 Days Later, Sunshine and Ex Machiana, which is one of my favourite films. One Hour 35, yes, please. You, you are making an action film like this. One hour thirty-five. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Thirty-five million dollar budget. Like I said, you've got Carl Urban as Judge Dredd. Never takes his helmet off. Well done, uh, Olivia Thrill Thrillby. I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, she plays Judge Anderson, the rookie judge. Uh, Lena Headley is awesome in this as yep, as, as Mama. Mama. Um, and then I just gave Dom Hole Gleason a nod as well because, like, yeah, this is I guess before he kind of took off. Yep, he plays the clan techie. Um. Yeah, thirty-five million wise, and like I said recently, a sequel was planned but uh, canned after it flopped at the box office. Mm. So um, I think they were hoping to build a, two or three of these off the back of the Judge Judge Tread character. Yeah, um, but yeah, didn't quite get there, which is a shame because this film is brilliant in my mind. I think it. Had you seen it before? I hadn't seen this one. I've seen, yeah. I saw the ninety-five. Did you say? Yeah, 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 I saw yeah, that sure. one. God, everyone's um, in there. You got to see that. It probably, to recommend for it another prob- day. It probably leaves me feeling the same way. That did a little bit flat. Like I think yeah. there's so much more that could have been done with it, but I just, at the end of it, I'm like, that was just an hour and a half of uh, not even a very good excuse to kill people. Like they're, they're, yeah. the, the means to an end for this movie for me was just let's kill lots of people for no particular reason. Sure. I mean, Judge, Judge Dredd's comic books are quite gory. I'm not a big yeah. Judge Dredd comic book fan. Yeah. I've and read the I, old and one I get that, but. Uh, like, I mean, when we just spoke about it, but I think the best thing about uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes is the story. Yeah. That's still, as far as I'm concerned, the most important thing. And this yep. doesn't really have one. 
It's, I mean, it's a classic fish out of water. Yeah. So the but whole that, story is basically Dredd takes, you know, Anderson out. She's a psychic. So he's taken out as a judge for her first day of evaluation. They get trapped in a big block city, which is what this mega one city because it's set is, in the future and yeah. the world's ended. And it's like 200 so giant floors megas, or something. Yeah, six mega cities across the – and they get trapped in this block. Yeah, it's like 200 floors in a block and it's which controlled is run by, by Mama. Mama. Yeah. Uh, Lena Headley, who I just think is great. Every she's time she's fantastic. Screen, she's just she, she really is good in it. Um, and then, yeah, the judges get locked in there and, you know, everyone's hunting them And they them try and kill and, them. Yeah, like you said, a lot of people die. And yeah. A lot of, and the violence is very good in this. Like it's, yeah, over the top. and It's um, it's shot in a, um, in an almost like a, um, it has like a really video game aesthetic. Like yeah, um, yeah. The colours are really overblown. And they slow and everything they, down though because like yeah. they reference the, the drug, drug called slow-mo. slow-mo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so when you inhale slow-mo, it, Slow down everything. So we get lots of um, slow motion bullets ripping through ripping through flesh stuff. and yeah, blood splatters. Really cool. I think that's just fun. Yeah, I um, mean, there's, but there's only so much of that you can rely on. And, yeah, yeah, until you wait for the story to happen, which kind of never does. Yeah, I see. I disagree. I think like part of me likes this story because so apparently the first couple of drafts were much bigger scale things, but they ultimately ended with something smaller scale, which I like that because this. Being smaller scale, not smaller scale quotation marks, uh, I think you get more about the character, especially her character. I mean, she almost has a better arc than, than Dredd, you know. I mean, we just mm. learn about Dredd and we learn that he's a badass and rah, rah, rah. And it's a good setup if they were going to make a second one that was bigger, you know. It's good like that. Uh, for me, I like that. That's what I want in my action film. Like, I just, you know, a character that I don't need to know his whole backstory in an action film. It's not as important yeah, but, in, say, a dramatic film. But his character doesn't, doesn't do anything. He's no. He's the exact same person from start to finish. Yeah. Well, just, he, a, just a flat line. Well, I, I would say he learns. He she teaches him, which I think is sort of Does charming. She? Part. I think he learns that. Yeah, yeah. Some of the ways where she like lets that guy go because she's like he's a victim, not a. And I so I think Dread sort of, but he's still grumpy bum. He's he's letting Dredd, her yeah. do because she's under assessment as far. But as But Dread's the same thing as like you know a Batman movie. You know, Batman needs to have someone to bring levity to him. You know, yeah. that's why Alfred's there or Robin's there. You know, yeah. Um, you couldn't just have Batman all the time, or it'd be horrible. <laughs> I think it's the same with Judge Dredd. I think if you if you cut out all of the slow motion people dying, the movie would only go for about twelve minutes. <laughs> because that that's you know you add all the dialogue up. There's not a lot of actual. I I yeah I think there's some cool dialogue like there's the medical guy who won't let them in. I love that he never takes the helmet off. I think that's the best thing in the world because that's always the problem with these films. Like we just watched Spider Man. How many times does he take his fucking mask off in that film? It's like you're supposed to be keeping this a secret, but every two seconds <laughs> Keep it's, it under wraps, buddy. Yeah, put your goddamn mask back on. People can see you. Whereas in this, it's good because he's like hiding, you know, um, mm. hiding his face, I guess. Yeah. Well, and she's really the only one in, well, of the judges, she's the only one that you see. Yeah. Um, and they reference She can't that. wear a helmet because yeah, of her yeah, psychic blocks powers. Her, blocks her ability. So I, you know, they seem to recognise each other from the lips down. I don't know how they do that. Well, they've got name tags and they're, Badge on their um, badges. Yeah, but if you're across the room from one another, you're not going to be able to read their name badge. No, true. And we learn. Well, they know it's Judge Dredd, though, because remember when the four corrupt judges rock up, they're like, "Yeah, what's well, a million say. bucks we, a piece?" We, yeah. yeah, we learn that two um, reasons. Even, yeah. even, even in the future, people could be corrupted by money. Yeah, yeah. Which, what's yeah, these two reasons? Nice one, refreshing. you know, and two, you don't know who you're dealing with. We do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think I, I like it. I think it's a good setup for a big character, and I wish they'd made a sequel because I think Carl Urban's really good in it. Yeah, I, th- I think his 
like as the dread character, he does a good job at it. Yeah, but I think they could have done a lot more with the with the movie's storyline than they did. Yeah, but you could see how you could expand on that and build a franchise on that, right? Yeah, but you've got to get the you got to get the momentum in the first place. Yeah, not far, not pacing's yeah, not enough for you. I, I don't know. It just it didn't do it for me. I just I was sitting there the whole time thinking. Oh look, we've just set up another scene so they can kill somebody. Oh look, here we're going to yeah. kill someone again. You really oh. hate people you can kill, don't you? I'm not opposed to it, but if that's all you're oh, bringing, oh, so you're to a the, murderer? If if that's all you're bringing Confession. to the table, um, you know, you might need to do something different. Yeah, that's why I would have been interested to see a second film. Mm. I really like so it. It's, like so uh, it's dread as a child, still wearing the mask, yeah. pretending to be a judge yeah, yeah. when he grows up. Because that's all, this, I want to be a judge. all the bullshit we put up with now these days is like, let's do an origin story of this <laughs> and make it that he was a, just a, a poor He's just a boy. normal little boy whose parents got run over yeah. in front of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to like about the film. In terms of franchise, I think they pepper in a lot of stuff there. Like you see the Lawmaster bikes, which are a big part of it, but you only mm. see them a little bit and, you know, they're actual practical bikes, which is cool. Uh, the gun, which has always been a big part of Dread with the yep. whole different types of shots and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think they do their best in sort of peppering in these little things that would create a bigger universe to the. Because I'd love to see a bigger version of this story, but I guess for me, I like what you think is probably not the best thing about it is that it's a small, intimate story, and it's a story of survival. By small and intimate story, you mean fourteen lines of dialogue and not much. Well, else. yeah, I mean, you know, she talks a lot, and he sort of peppers in his own things every now and then. Um, yeah, I like it though. I really like it to. Can we, can we talk about the uh, the the entire level that got destroyed with Gatling guns? I mean, yeah, that's pretty senseless. They just line up the they bring the Gatling guns out and they put them on the poles and they just and like, they just, and they just obliterate an entire level. Uh, let's not talk about engineering problems with that, but you know, oh, there's so many weird engineering problems in that film. <laughs> like that whole building shouldn't be standing. They <laughs> blow a, shit out. Like, yeah, yeah it's crazy. They, it's absolutely crazy. They seem to overdo it. For a couple of judges, when they've already got judges in their pockets anyway, so like yeah, but that's where I think the story is good, and I think you're probably overlooking it. You know, when he realizes, but couldn't they just let them, you know, leave with the guy and have a couple of other judges come and take him out and let him go? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think it was about they, they seem it. to, yeah, they seem to overcomplicate their own lives. Well, that's the criminal, you know, element. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the slow mo stuff's good. I like when they throw the dude over the balcony. Yeah. That's kind of cool, like, you know, slow-mo, and he's like, Arr. so he's full, which was like a couple seconds, probably feels like minutes, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the visuals are quite strong as well, the skinning. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, they don't shy away from any of the gore, really. No, nah, and she's great. I love what how she's the- got the short hair and she's got the scars. Yeah. And she's, you know, this poor, you know, techie guy that's doing everything for her, had his eyes ripped out and put robot eyes in, and mm. you're just like, this is busted up. Like, he's a, uh, yeah, he's. Working under some duress. Yeah. Yeah, but he's under stress and I like that she lets him go at the end. Oh, he's not a bad guy. He's a victim, you know. It's like, mm. yeah, thank you. He's probably really excited to get out of here. He's been held to ransom for so bloody long. Uh, the action's really good, I think. Like, yeah, like we said, the the violence is like over-stylized, way over-stylized. Like, yeah. you know, I guess it works in that comic book mentality, yeah, though. Yeah, I don't. I, I like don't said, mind the, the styling of it, but I don't need the same thing every time. Like once or twice is fine, and then yeah. bring something new to the table. Yeah. Whereas when when everything's like slow mo, really inorganic looking blood, like for the effect and the way it sprays out, and all that, like you know, do it a bit, but don't do it every single time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like it's almost like. 
they're sitting there in the cutting room going, oh, shit, we're only at 64 minutes. How can we make this movie go for a bit longer? It's like, oh, slow-mo? Yeah, let's slow-mo some stuff. But that's why I think still even clocking at one hour 35 is still pretty good. Mm. And yeah. I guess the effects are pretty good for what you classes, you know, not a big studio film. Yeah. So I guess, though, ultimately as a franchise, though, it- It didn't work. It did not work. It, no, it, it flopped. It bombed in the movies. It, uh, I don't think that character has- the following to make it work. I don't think yeah. it will ever have the following to make it work. It's not something, you know. They're talking about doing it with Spawn. They're going to um, reboot Spawn. Yep. And try and build a, a world around that. And uh, there's talks of Leonardo DiCaprio being involved and stuff like that. And, you know, I just I don't see that movie building enough. Was it, was it successful in the 90s? I don't know. I guess. I mean, it's hard to tell because it was the 90s, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Batman had it didn't, nipples. It like. didn't, you know, it didn't. Spawn anything else, I guess. No, oh. no pun intended. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, I've had a long day. Well, I was going to say, we'll forgive you. Yeah, you're tired. Um, it, yeah, it, I guess they're rebooting that to try and – you don't reboot something like that unless you're going to make a couple of movies, which is what they tried to do with Dread. But, mm. I mean, I would watch this show called Mega City 1 that was about stories that happened to people in that city. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because that world's interesting to the, me. Yes. There, there's definitely – there's more meat on the bones in that. In that, um, yeah, and then just have dread occasionally cameo yeah. would be great. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely down for that. I think that would be good. Well, because they um they do make a reference where um like hey, he said, have you ever been to this block before? Like they don't get judges in that block. I can't yeah. remember what it's called Oasis One or whatever. Peach it's trees, peach trees, peach trees. Yeah, um, we haven't had a judge in three months or something. Yeah, they make so reference to yeah, yeah. They they reference it, so you get the idea that the the judges are supposed to be there protecting everybody, but that's not necessarily the case. Mm. Which is, I think both movies don't really deal with it, but it would be interesting to see like this sort of totalitarian future where it's like, you know, you've done this, so you go into jail for six months, like it's over-the-top punishment and, mm. and, and you commit a crime. Yeah. And you'd think the world would be better if it was like that because they're almost ruling with an iron fist, but we yeah, still have but lunatics it, but it's and not working. shooting, yeah. you know, people in the streets. So, yeah, it's yeah. like, I guess, you know. Well, maybe we, merit in there. maybe we can see from our own experience because, uh, you know, the world's probably about to end pretty soon. Donald Trump keeps threatening North Korea with nuclear weapons. So we yeah, could be, I mean, we could be there soon. The world's coming to an end, yeah. absolutely. That's it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. For me, I'd definitely recommend it uh, to someone. I think it's a little tight little action film. Um, but it is, yeah, not the traditional action film, I don't mm. think. Um, I don't know that I don't recommend it. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it again. No. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie, but I just think they could have done a lot more with it. Yeah. Um, so maybe I recommend people watch it and then prove me wrong. I challenge you to prove me wrong. Yeah. Yeah, fair just enough. like that. Yeah. Um, just mainly because I don't like people. I don't like to, that's so bad. We had a good- to watch, <laughs> watch yeah. things. Yeah. You can't tell me what to do. That's right. Watch uh, the film that's not bad though, right? We had a bit of a mixed bag in those yeah, two movies. That, that was it was a really good spread of, you know, Spider Man kind of worked. Yeah. Apes definitely worked. Yeah. Dread not so much. Dread was the other end of you know, to barely break even. It's yeah. sad. Yeah, I mean thirty five million, I don't really you don't really see it up on that screen, but I guess it was a lot of set pieces and yeah, yeah like I said all that destruction would have cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> yeah, just just that blowing up of that floor with those guns alone. Like, like, oh. Um, I guess can you think of any other I guess we should probably mention she notable mentions. Notable mentions, yeah, like in terms of uh, franchises that rebooted that didn't quite 
that they, you know, planned to take off into, you know, a whole new realm. Mm. I think that was the plan for that Total Recall remake they did. They were hoping to make a couple of movies around that, but obviously uh, that movie stunk like a piece of poo. I'm waiting for the um, Police Academy reboot. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking like casting. I was like, Police Academy reboot, who would I cast? <laughs> Spoiled for done. choice. Spoiled mm. for choice. Uh, maybe some Naked Gun. Do a reboot of the name. Yeah, game. you could see. I mean, who would? No, you'd be too afraid to step into the Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Oh. <laughs> oh, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But, um, but yeah, there's been a few other um, franchise. I guess what I was having to look at when, um, when I was thinking about this one and what mm. we would see. Um, but I, yeah, like I said, like if you're going to reboot a franchise, there's a huge financial investment being made. You know, and you got to prepare to lose lose money as well as I guess make some money too. Um, that's business. Yeah. I mean, there, what another franchise is recently rebooted, which I'm kind of interested in, is the uh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Yep. That'll be interesting. Like, you know, I could definitely go another couple of seasons of that or, or a couple of movies. Even though those movies get a hard time, I still like them a lot. <laughs> um, other than that, I can't really think of any, can think of any other yeah. movies. I mean, uh, you know. Was, was, was franchises something that kind of disappeared a little bit? Like there seems to be some some old like I can think of the old stuff like I just mentioned like your police academies and yeah I mean lethal weapons of, yeah great lethal weapons Beverly Hills you know. Cop those types of things yeah. I can remember but did yeah. we did we not get any franchises in the well I in think nineties I think you know especially when we look at all these films around this two thousand eleven mm. you know especially given the, the last age ten of years the franchise it's the age of remakes yeah. and no originality and stuff like that so yeah I think it's kind of worn everyone down a little bit. <laughs> We're all just born to nubs. Yeah, we're just like, what is the point of this? You know, like, what are you doing? Like I say, we always say remake. If you're going to remake something, remake it different. Like, go in a different direction, explore a different thing. And then call it something different and then don't call it a remake. Yeah, don't call it Point Break when there's no surfing in it. Like, you know what I mean? Just call it Extreme Guys with Cash. Have you oh, seen that remake? Cashed Up Dudes? No. Uh, it's as if I it's would. Terrible. It's terrible, 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 terrible. Why would you? Yeah. I, if you know something's going to be bad, I just I don't know why you'd bother going to see it. Because I learn more from a bad film than I do from a good film. So yeah. for me, it's it's an education I, thing. I guess I, I value my own time too much. It's like why I make women fill out a survey after I've had sex with them. Well, that's for self-improvement. Yeah, and disclaimers. <laughs> that's script writing material right there. <laughs> uh, you know, if we're on a scale of 1 to 10, what was your experience like? Three, um, yeah, no. I'm definitely uh, calling her again. <laughs> She's a keeper. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we sort of drowned that one into the ground, which was good. Yeah, mm. great. Um, what were we doing next week? I feel like it was even more convoluted. We're- movies, wait, I've got it. Movies that had movies with franchises that have got some legs. Is that what we're doing? I think so. Okay. So movies so we're going, that we're going down the that have exceeded like more. five, you know, five or more movies. Yeah, uh, I believe we're looking at doing Saw, yep, uh, American Pie, yep, uh, and Fast and Furious, yeah, which are all big franchises that have had some very long runs. Which we'll mm. get, and yeah. some of them should have pulled up stumps. Oh yeah, long some ago. of them. Yeah, some of them. I don't know how they've gotten such a long <laughs> run, but they have, and this is what's happening. You know? This is yeah. This is the world we live in. This is There's the world we, we live in. we can do about it. Just embrace it. Um, we haven't roped anyone in to do it with us yet, but we'll, we'll give that a whirl and, and see how we go. Yeah, I think we um, we scared people off. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it was the full frontal nudity. It, yeah, it definitely was. We, we probably should have put pants on for that episode. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants docking when they're 
recording a podcast. <laughs> Direct. Do yourself a favour, go to Google, write docking into Google <laughs> and see what you find. Send all feedback to Shane. <laughs> Email scene three, care of Shane. Um, yeah, well, we've got a few other people with some ideas that are going to be coming up later in the season. So mm. just for the meantime, it'll just be you and me, which is nice. It's nice well, I hope everyone's enjoying it. So yeah, I mean. We each get a bit more time to speak. Not that you needed any more time. No, if anything, I need less time. Yeah, I'm just trying to claw back some, some man hours. <laughs> what, what Shane doesn't know is I'm actually like actively – Avoiding hosts, I'm like locking them out. So, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah, just so I can call. I'm like, back oh, some that minutes. guy said he was going to be on the show, but now he's just mysteriously vanished. He's vanished. Oh, I guess you know, Lappy's going to have to talk some more. I went into his house, but it was burnt to the ground, <laughs> and his his car was found in a ditch. <laughs> it's weird, just covered in blood. Uh, but if you're out there, please I contact hope, us. I hope that hasn't email. happened to anyone that's <laughs> yeah, been a guest, or the police will come looking for me. We just signed our own death warrants. Oh dear. But we could record the podcast from prison. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Has anyone ever not? done that? I mean, this Johnny Cash life? did that performance in prison, which was great. Yeah. But it wasn't think, really a podcast. I think, no. I think a few people have done some performances Imagine the guests we could have if we were in prison. It would be amazing. <laughs> this is Bubba. This is Bubba. He's in here for murder. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess that's it. Next week. Yeah, next week, another take on franchisees. Franchises. And as usual, if you've got any ideas, please... Uh, email us or Facebook message. People start to do that, which is good. Yeah, and let us know um, what you think of the show. Even if you don't want to be on the show, we welcome themes. Absolutely, theme suggestions are welcome. If you're a bit, some people, are, you know, some people are really shy. Some people have mm. given me some good ideas, and we've done them, but they don't want to come on the show themselves. They're really yeah. worried about it, which, which is um, fine. We can do which with is that. fine, but we're pretty real. It's pretty relaxed, and yeah, I think I'll so. let you on as a secret tip. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, except me, obviously. Well, cool. well yeah, I was going to say, except me as well. So yeah, I, guess I mean, it's... you know. Who wouldn't like to listen to us? Yeah, yeah. I listen to us at home. Yeah, alone. In the dark. <laughs> Thanks for being my co-pilot on this one. No, thank you. If people want to contact us, where can me. they do it? They can do it on Facebook at Scene3Podcast. Mm. You'll find us mm. over there. Uh, yep. Come by and like the page and leave us a comment, hell abuse at us, whatever you feel like. Or you can email us as well at Scene3Podcast at gmail.com. We interaction. Um, that's probably the two main places they can get us. Yeah. Um, yep. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of Maybe choice. Maybe just give me your address and they can pop around. Yeah, sure. Bye. Yeah, drop in for a um, for a recession. Yep. Yeah. We'll watch movies together. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. I, I like, love it. I like movies. I like movies. That should have been the name of the podcast. We should have called it that. I like movies. I like, I like movies and stuff. Movies. Explosions. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll catch you next week. We'll be better next week, we promise. Probably not. No, it's definitely not. Thanks, Paul. See ya.